I've always loved writing. I think it's just such a fantastic outlet for creativity. But back in high school, I would have never dreamed of actually writing and completing a novel. Well, my expert today published her first novel when she was still in middle school. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Shanti Hershenson. As I said, Shanti wrote her first novel back in middle school, at the age of 12. And this wasn't just a loose collection of thoughts, it was almost 900 pages long and had to be broken down into a series before she could have its first edition printed. As of now, this young Hemingway is only 15 years old and has 13 published works with more in editing and still more being written every day. It's a feat that most adults on the planet would be hard-pressed to accomplish, even if you removed the need to edit and publish. Also, on a fun note, this is my youngest guest ever. I'm not sure I ever thought this would happen, but it really illustrates how broad or niche this show can go. This is also as good a time as ever to address that I'm starting to compile all the lessons and tips from the over 140 guests so far into book format. I'll continue to add pages with new guests until I think it's a sufficient length, and then I'll throw it out there for people to enjoy. What do you think? Would you want a copy? What have been your favorite things you've learned so far? Personally, I'm looking forward to the new challenge, and I likely would have never taken it on without incredible guests like this one. Let's find out how we can write multiple books per year. Welcome to the show, Shanti Hershenson. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to have you on today. Why don't you kind of introduce yourself for the audience? Of course. So, um, already said, my name is Shanti Hershenson. I am 15 years old. Yesterday was actually the last day of my last day of ninth grade, and I'm a teen author. I've been writing and publishing books ever since I was in the sixth grade, and over time, it's just become this really, really fun. I'd like to say hobby, but I think it's a little more than that at this point. It's just kind of basically been my entire life for the last three or so years, and I'm really grateful for it. It's a ton of fun. I love inspiring people, and ultimately, I just really love writing. So, Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, to like keep doing it. And to start at sixth grade, Like, was that a challenge to get into a longer content like that? At first, I, so I'd like to say yes and no. So um, in sixth grade, I first off wrote these two novellas. They're very short. Honestly, I don't even think they're up on my shelf behind me. I don't like them very much. But um, those I didn't even really like consider as a part of my career. I was just like, I was with a friend and I was like, oh my gosh, we should get a printed copy of this. And then to do so, we actually ended up self-publishing it through KDP. However, a couple months later, pandemic hit, I was stuck at home, you know, the whole chaos. And I was like, I'm going to start writing my first novel. And this was going to be a solo book. I wasn't sure how long it was going to be originally. I thought it was maybe going to be 100 pages at minimum. And if it was good enough, I'd find a way to get it published. And the more I kept writing, the longer it got and the more the story was 
developing. So I guess it wasn't really a challenge um, to like get the kind of full novel length because like I wasn't expecting it. I just like I'd come up with an idea that was so like there was so much to it that I just had to keep writing. Uh, by the end of that first draft, it was 250,000 words, almost 900 pages, which is way too long to publish, both self-publish or traditionally publish. It's just impossible. It's No one's going to read that, and the people that do, like, there's not a lot of them. So I ended up actually splitting that book into three separate books, and as those were, books were being edited, I began a new series, and I just kind of kept writing. Yeah, I'd say you just never stopped you know for yeah. those that aren't, aren't familiar with your depth of work you have quite a a lengthy list i would say of published works yeah so how many exactly have you written so i have written 25 books i'm currently writing number 26 and i have published num um 13 books however my 14th book releases on june 23rd so i mean very cool to do Thanks. some rough math you've got I mean, not a lot of time between sixth grade and ninth grade. That means you're writing quite a few of these a year. Yeah, I'd say it, it does vary per year. However, I notice I'm actually writing more each year. Um, I did the math and I believe I wrote around 400,000 words in 2021 and then 500,000 words in 2022. And I'm not sure about this year yet, but I'd say it's around one book every two months, one and a half months. Um, it varies depending on the time of the year. So like, you know, during school months, it takes me around two to three months for a first draft. Um, over the summer, when I have a lot less, like a lot, not less, less a lot more time than, and I have a lot less things to do, it would, it can take anywhere from like two weeks to a month, sometimes more, depending on the kind of the volume of the work. And then editing is a whole different story. That can take a really long time, regardless of whether or not I'm in school or not. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, crank out this many words, like, there are challenges out there. The most notable is uh, NaNoWriMo, which is, I think, 50,000 words in a month. And you're like, that is quite literally child's play to me. Like, I used to do that <laughs> years and years ago. I don't even worry about that kind of a challenge. Yeah. And you're doing this, like you said, while going to school, I assume regular hours. You're not like going. Yeah, I go to a regular public high school. So I'm in school for, you know, around six, seven hours a day. And then I have homework. I've just gotten really good at time management at this point. Like I know how to kind of balance the homework and the writing. And that's taken a really long time. Originally, I was really bad at it, especially when I was in like seventh grade. I would have like 20 missing assignments, but I'm a little better. I only had 10. I'm kidding. Um, No, I did really <laughs> I did pretty good last year, considering, like, and occasionally I will st start to, like, prioritize my writing over the schoolwork, but then, you know, I'll learn my lesson the hard way when my grades aren't so great, so. Yeah, I mean, do your writing teachers kind of give you a pass where they're like, you know what, I think she's fine. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, during those class hours, though, do you have like a separate notebook next to the rest of your stuff where you're just like jotting down story ideas as they're pouring out of you, I assume, at this speed? I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, during math, I um, ended up randomly just pulling out my creative writing notebook and I actually started putting in, it was marketing ideas. Because um, I think I, I end up thinking about like the marketing and the sales process just as much as I think about the writing. And occasionally I will just start writing during class. Like if I'm done with all my work and I have nothing to do, I'm just going to go write. I do it after math tests. I write. I used to write a lot during homeroom. And that was a really, really good way to be able to get the words out. 
because I was trying to do 500 words in the school day and then 500 at home. Later on in the year, as I kind of have less time and I'm pretty tired, I'll do like all my thousand words at home and just go to bed later. And like you said, you have a lot of books out there. Is there a reason that you've only published a little over half of them? Yeah, so I have um, a pretty big backlog at this point because, you know, like half those books have been published. Really, it just kind of takes time. Like editing takes a lot of time. Some of the books in that backlog are only on their like second draft of editing. Some of them are on their third. Some of them need like one final round of proofreading. Um, Others need, there's like, I think maybe two and two or three books in that list that I think need like serious like developmental editing. And I'm just like, you know, I don't have the like ability to do that right now. I'm going to let this sit and then like come back and figure out why I hate this book so much later. Often, though, when I do take a break from these books, I end up coming back to it. And I'm like, why did I ever not like this book? This is fine. So really, it's just about kind of taking the time. There's also kind of a marketing standpoint on it where like some of these books, you know, I could release them all at once. But then I think it would be harder to sell. It's already like, I can't express how hard it is to have like 13 books I have to try to sell. Um, What ends up happening is I focus on like one or two and then the rest of them kind of get sidelined until a sequel comes out or I decide I want to like reboot them. But really it just kind of just space out the releases and really build up sales for one book. And then once that book, I feel like has an acceptable amount of like sales and reviews, then I go on to another book. And that's a very intelligent way to look at it. Cause like you said, you could just drop all of these hypothetically on one day you're like today is shanti day and we're just gonna blow up the entire publishing list yeah i um fun fact actually that reminded me i was gonna try to release two books in a month because you know i have a book coming out on the 23rd and then i also wrote i recently wrote a i was about to say it's a novella but it's not it's a full-length novel it was supposed to be a novella and I kind of got sidetracked, so I wrote this crossover novel between two of my oldest book series, *By Unlock*, which was the one that was like two hundred fifty thousand words originally, and then the *The Chronicles of Zyle Delane*. And I tried to connect those two worlds and have like this crossover between the characters. It was a lot of fun, and it, because it takes place like sort of right in the middle of that book that's coming out in the end of the month, *By Blackout*. I was going to try to release them both at the same time and really like use each use them to promote each other's releases. Then I decided I didn't want to do that because it's going to be hard to market. And I wrote another book really recently that I'm like, you know, I got to be like, go through the editing of this really quickly. I want to re- release this book soon. So um, now I have a book coming out on the 23rd. And then I have another book that I'm also beginning to market at the same time that's going to come out on October 15th, which is actually my birthday. So that's fun. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of, you know, marketing to learn as well, because you're like, oh, yeah, I figured out how to write in this longer form. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be, but the editing is an entire another set of skills yeah. and then learning marketing on top of that. Like you're really picking up a lot of trade skills to kind of, I mean, is this a one man show or are you doing it like with other people helping? It's definitely a one man show. Um, I end up having to do like all my marketing. I do my own, I like do, you know, my self edits and stuff and I do have an editor and stuff, but all the marketing is me and I, I think that's the most stressful part of the process. Like, I've written enough books now that I think it gets easier every time. There, I notice how things kind of go where there's like, in the beginning of the book is like, I'm super excited. I can't get enough of the story. And then there's like, I reach the midpoint. And I'm like, oh my God, I hate this book. And I start, that's when the self-doubt starts to come in. And then there's like the end where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm almost done. This is great. So I've kind of been able to figure out the process by now. So it's like, the writing is pretty easy. Marketing on the other hand, is way more stressful. And 
I'm still, you know, it's been over three years since I published my first book and I'm still trying to like learn new things. I'm still trying to master marketing and I like, I know so much about it right now, but I still feel like I could know so much more and I could do so much better. And I mean, kudos for learning all Thanks. of those things because that is a wild amount of skill sets to develop. I mean, especially by your age. And as you had said, you know, these books aren't connected necessarily. Could they all be connected or are some of them very intentionally separated? I'd say yes and no. Um, it was really funny. I was just talking to someone about this the other day because it's like originally, um, I, so I think easily the first 14 books I wrote. So everything up to Never Dying, Never Dying was number 15 because that's the book that kind of messes up the timeline. All of those could theoretically take place in the same universe. Like I could add like one sentence references to each other and it could make sense. Like they all are separate enough that they necessarily don't interact, but there's like little hints that things kind of could work. And there's like some events of like, so like the events of one book could have perhaps caused the events of another indirectly. Um, then uh, Never Dying came in, and then that book is, like, the world blew up. Um, you know, people are immortal now, and that doesn't really line up with the rest. But I'd say quite a few of them could be in the same universe. Um, with that novella I wrote between Biomlock and the Chronicles of Zyle Delane, I figured out, like, those books definitely are in the same universe, and they work, because, like, the Zyle Delane series takes place in 2009, and Biomlock takes place in 2060 but still there's like these little references to each other i also had to use this is like really awful of me um i ended up using the chronicles of xyle delane to fix this plot hole because i wrote biomlock when i was 12 years old a lot of stuff doesn't make sense like these two characters this is like a science fiction novel there's not a lot of magic in it all of a sudden these two characters are like sharing dreams and it's very strange and there's like all these like you know Oh, foreshadowing stuff that's like going on and I end up using the kind of magic system in the Chronicles of Zyodelaine to tie that in and I think I made it make sense that's the longest I've ever spent trying to fix a plot hole but so in that way I think they're connected and it makes more sense that they're connected so like I'm just saying they're connected now <laughs> <laughs> I like that because you're like I need to get this very important you know amount of details and foreshadowing and everything out there and I don't have a great way to do it without it being like exposition so i'm just gonna like dream weave it in here and then you're like yeah. i'll fix that later <laughs> yeah that's fun so i mean do you prefer like if you had the opportunity and i mean obviously given you have a lot of time to write would you prefer that you could connect them all or do you like that they are like separate entities i kind of like the separation of it. it it gives me i think more freedom because it's like then i can do all this crazy stuff like the amount of times that i've accidentally like i've had like you know oh my gosh there's a new nuclear war there's like this is going on this is going on and all of those events kind of some of them don't really line up with each other so then having that freedom to just completely blow up the earth again is a lot of fun I, I, every single book that takes place on earth of mine is ridiculously dramatic um but i do definitely also just like being able to create something entirely new every time that's something that I really like about the writing process it's just like you know creating for like my dystopian books like I'm creating this my own version of the earth or um recently actually in December I wrote these two high fantasy novels and those two were just like it was so much fun to be able to create this literally whole new planet with all of this stuff to it 
and I was adding details to things that weren't even like ever explored because I think that would be a fun book to have like these whole like shared universe stories where maybe they don't exactly connect but they take place in the same world in the same timeline yeah and I assume you know you've built up quite a fan base at this point that people are like oh I really love this series oh I just found this other one that you also wrote and so you've kind of got like a following at some level where they're like oh I would read just a thing about your stories or your processes or whatever that you're like yeah this is not connected to anything but also connected to everything in that I need to explain some stuff yeah so it sounds like a lot of these take place in the science fiction kind of genre is that like your favorite or is it just like fun to write in both I definitely grew up on a lot of science fiction when I was a kid. I, um, like, my favorite movie series growing up was Star Wars. I really loved reading. Um, like, my parents would read to me a lot when I was a kid, and I would they would read me a lot of science fiction because my parents are big fans of science fiction. And as I grew older, I was obsessed with, like, technology and robots. I used to want to be a computer programmer or, like, a white hat hacker. And as I grew older, that ended up be, um like just becoming this like you know thing that I could write about I definitely think more of my books are more like futuristic like sci-fi geared kind of some of them are like dystopian where they take place in the future but maybe they don't necessarily have like sci-fi elements and then I actually ended up writing um this is I think it's the best book I've ever written and it's a sci-fi novel, but it's also, like, not heavy on the science fiction. If it's, like, there's time travel, that's the only kind of remotely, like, science fiction thing about it. There's, like, little kind of futuristic mentions. But then as the character goes back in time, it just feels like a regular contemporary novel with this, like, subtle sci-fi twist. And I really enjoyed writing that because, you know, like, sci-fi is more than just, like, robots and space in the future. Yeah, of course. And do you find, because science fiction, like it has you know science in the name do you find you have to do a lot of research to kind of like oh what how does this work (laughs) sometimes it depends on the book i'd say because a lot of it like i i don't usually write like hard sci-fi i don't even know if i could like i'm not like to making it accurate is not necessarily my specialty um i'd say the one where i had to kind of not really research but just come up with like a kind of viable explanation for was with never dying where they're characters that are immortal and they're immortal through like a genetic mutation and i had to like explain how it works and how it was created and i have that was so difficult i was also like 14 when i started writing that book and i'm writing the third book in that series now and i'm like oh no this is like there's so much that i have to expand on before the end of the series just to make everything line up and then with the book that involves time travel, I had to figure out kind of just the basic description of like a time machine and just little details to make it work. I'm still not sure how much sense it makes. Um, I just finished the second draft of that book. Third draft is going to begin soon. So I have to like go back and reread it again. And in that reread, I'm going to make sure it actually like makes sense. Yeah. I assume you're like writing and you're just like and this thing explodes and then you're like yeah wait quick google search can this substance explode oh good it can like great (laughs) that's funny um have you tried much for the other genres to just like branch out and see i have and i'm definitely looking forward to kind of expanding more because like my biggest fear is like that i'm gonna stick to like one genre and i'm not gonna get to experience writing all these other things because I do like reading science fiction, but I'm also, like, I'm definitely, like, a mood reader. I read, 
literally everything. Like, I read, like, rom-coms, I read fantasy, I read contemporary books. So I, I love, like, social issues, contemporary books, too. So, like, I read, a, I, read, I read a lot of things, and I have a ton of favorite genres. So really being able to branch out is something that just sounds like a lot of fun to me. I did, you know, I mentioned I wrote, like, a high fantasy novel. And I think being able to actually, like, break into, like, the kind of, like, mainstream kind of fantasy genre. Because, like, I have books that have fantasy elements, but then to actually write, like, a high fantasy is, like, totally different. And then um, with the book that the time travel book is kind of, like, my beginning of writing contemporary. Because I'd say in many ways it appeals more to contemporary readers than it does sci-fi readers because really the science fiction isn't the big element of it. It's, like, the characters and the setting and their journeys and really just like kind of life yeah so when you're writing each of these do you start with like a theme or is there like a life lesson you're trying to get across it varies per book some of these books i start out with very heavy themes and very big like main ideas others i'm like okay i'm gonna get this guy and this is gonna happen to him and this like just he's gonna you know go on this adventure or you know oh yeah, this girl, she lives in the middle of a war and she can catch bullets. Um, that's actually the plot of The God's Right Hand, which is one of my books. And those books don't necessarily have themes immediately. I'd say it's more... Um, my more recent books definitely do. Like, Never Dying has a lot of like philosophical questions about immortality. And I also don't think I started actually with that in mind. Like, I was like, oh yeah, there's gonna be immortals. But then as the book kind of progressed, that's when the ideas began to develop. Like, if you look at my notes from when I started writing that book, it was like, oh my god, the main characters, they're gonna be, like, enemies, and then they're gonna have all this tension. Like, that's what I was focusing on, and then the rest of the stuff kind of happened. Again, with this time travel book, I wanted it to be a more heavier, deeper book, so I did end up writing, like, a paragraph about the themes I wanted it to have. I also, again, like, I began with it as a screenplay so I already had this whole outline and that outline doesn't necessarily have as many like main themes as the actual novel does but I'd say I did intend for it to be this more heavier kind of thought-provoking book with a lot more lessons and you had said you know you started with well you kind of started with novellas and then went into like very long form novels have you looked at writing in other formats or do you think you just like you found the right format for you right away I yes it, so I really want to do like other types of writing I um you know I recently wrote my first screenplay and then I ended up turning that into a novel but I still have the screenplay I think the novel is actually much better but I do think like I definitely want to try to break into like other formats and short stories I used to do a lot of short stories in elementary school I have to say it's really hard to do a short story now I I try, and I do have, like, a couple that I've written recently that I think are very good, but also, for some reason, it's so much easier just to write a novel than, like, a short story because it's a more kind of condensed format. There's not as much exposition. There's not as many, like, there's no side quests, and just, it should be easier than it is. It's also, like, really, I think I just prefer writing novels just because how much there is and how much you can really get to know the characters. Yeah, of course. I mean, that makes sense because you're like, look at all the room I have to work with. Like, I don't have to be, okay, it has to fit under a certain amount. You're like, no, I have a pretty wide, you know, before I hit my ceiling, obviously, you're like, I can't do 900 pages, but I can do several hundred, you know, and still be okay. And I don't have to fit it into like 20. So 
with this new book, you had said, you know, this might be your favorite. Is there a particular reason for that? So many. Um, so to begin, this is an idea that I've had for about a year. I want to say a year, but I'm not sure if that's right. I've ha- I just I've had it for a really long time. And essentially, it's this really, really famous author who is going back and as part of a time traveling experiment, time traveling to 20 years in the past and she wants to observe her younger self to write a novel there's a lot she doesn't remember about her childhood and she's just going back and watching but of course because they just don't know kind of the extent of time travel and they don't know a lot about it yet um she can't interact but as she continues watching it becomes harder to not step in and do something about her younger self's childhood trauma and I, that's just the entire plot is really great and just because it's I've been thinking about it for so long and then finally getting to actually write it both in the screenplay and the novel has been super great but also I put a lot of myself into these characters especially like kind of the the things that happen to the um you know the younger character and in some ways it helped me work through a lot of like my own feelings And that's kind of what writing is for me. It's a way to kind of get out my emotions and kind of understand myself better. So like, um, you know, for example, like my most popular book is You Won't Know Her Name. And it's a novel told in poetry about like the bullying I went through when I was in sixth grade. And this book is, it's a lot more dramatic. But I had like, when I was in fourth grade, I kind of felt like the weird outsider because I was like the girl that was into boys things. And everyone was like, oh my God, she's so weird. And I got bullied pretty bad. And I felt like my teacher kind of failed me and never did anything to help me. And I really go into that in the book and the character's emotions. And it kind of helped me realize that like, there's still a lot that I'm like kind of slightly upset about, even though it's like, you know, it was almost six years ago. Like I'm fine. I'm kind of almost grateful that it happened to me because it's given me the chance to write this book. But really being able to write it and being able to go through my emotions was super great. And it's definitely like one of the reasons it's like the favorite book of mine. The other is just overall, I just think it's the best. <laughs> like it's really, um, I really explore new writing styles. I really think it's like probably my most well-written book. It's also on the shorter side, which is good because I really think the plot is pretty concise and it's the only book of mine that I've actually had fun going back and rereading. I can't read my own writing. Like, I do for editing. Um, this is the only one where I haven't wanted to cry because I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful. Um, but this one isn't, so. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, I've talked to a couple of other authors on the show before, and they always kind of say, like, my newest book is always going to be my favorite book because otherwise, why would I write it? Like, if it's not going to be the new best thing for me or the new, like, fun adventure, like, what? I'm not putting out content just to put out content. Yeah. And it seems like you've been able, you know, and and it's a good process to kind of deal with some of the things that have happened to you, but you've been able to lean on personal experiences to write. I mean, at least in this new one, have you done that a lot in previous books? I definitely, it's like, you know, a lot of my books, they're very much, um very crazy in what happens they're very chaotic there's all this like violence and stuff and that's not necessarily reflective of my own life but in a lot of my other books there are little things they're kind of references to things that happen to me because I've also had kind of a crazy life so um really I can use these stories I'm actually doing that right now with the book that I'm currently writing in which I um had this kind of it's genuine it's really like I had um I dealt with like some really mean kids this year um or last year fresh freshman year 
that like really were mean to me because they're like we don't like your boyfriend and um there was like no reason but i'm actually kind of incorporating that into the book where it's like the main character is um kind of struggling because the um other main character who she's dating used to be he it's like kind of complicated but used to be like the villain which isn't at all like reflective of my own life but i'm having her kind of face like struggles where like everyone else doesn't trust him and of course that's like not really what happened but i'm also kind of adding in some lines because unfortunately in high school like people can be really mean of course these characters are also adults but you know some of them are gonna act like kids and some of them can act like the mean girls that i met freshman year yeah you're like i just took the what you even call like the, just the base of like these people don't like this person now give them a reason where you're like okay they used to be a villain you're like well they're not anymore so shouldn't we be over it and you're like well what if they're not over it and you just like you know used a very simple but personal thing to write a much larger story yeah interesting so when you're talking to other people, I assume you've talked to a lot of people who have just said like, oh, you know, I always wanted to be a writer or I just never could get into it. Is there like an advice that you usually give people? Definitely. I always like to say, write the same. Every single podcast I've been on where I've asked, I've said the same thing, but it's like, it's the most important thing. It's just write the same amount every single day. And a lot of people don't necessarily understand that it can it sounds really hard but for me I do around 1,000 or 2,000 words a day I try to stick to the same amount per book um over the summer I tend to write more than a thousand words in the school year I usually write a thousand but some days I can write more but really just give yourself this general goal every single day and stick to it and that's what I've been doing ever since I was in around I guess it was seventh grade that I really started writing the thousand words every day and that's genuinely how I've been able to write so many books because it's just a habit now to write and I can't go a day without writing. And a lot of people, cause I get a lot, I also get a lot of people who are like, it's impossible. You can't write this many books in this many years. And it's like, I have to kind of almost present people with the math sometimes where it's, you know, a thousand words every single day for a year is literally 365,000 words a year. And of course, like I do like more sometimes. So it usually ends up being around like 500,000 words a year. Some, sometimes more, sometimes less. I'm trying to figure out like the average. Of course, um, that's something to do when I've been writing for like, you know, professionally for a little longer just because it's tricky. But really, that's just the way to write. If you're writing a thousand words a day, then you can finish, you know, a couple of novels every year. And kind of then finding the time to edit while you're writing your next book is just how you keep going. I'm not someone who can like stop the process to edit a book. I have to always be writing and always editing because then I find I'm going to feel more burnt out or I'm going to feel tired of the book. And that being tired of a book is a way to feel unmotivated. And then also like taking breaks between the first draft and editing is super helpful. With almost every single book I write, I try to take at least a month off where I'm writing a new novel and not even thinking about editing that book and I'm editing something else except with the book that I like just finished the one I've been talking about a lot I did the second draft right after just because I couldn't stop like thinking about this book so I think I only took like a week off so it helps build like you said some consistency you're also just putting words on paper like that's good 
it also must be like an amount of improvement per day because you're like if you were a painter the best way to get good at it is to paint every single day like because if you take time off like you can only get so good you're literally just building experience on you know every single day definitely I think some days I sometimes I feel like oh my writing is slightly not as great today maybe something's going on but I still keep writing but over time definitely and there's there's significant improvement with each book you'll find and that's also sort of the reason that's like because I sometimes I wonder if it's like oh I have some older books I don't really like them they don't really sell should I just stop you know selling them but why would I do that because it's like then people can actually track my improvement I will read books only from like a couple months ago and I'll be like oh my gosh like I could do so much better and I'll like if I look back like two years now I'm like I I'm like oh my gosh this is horrible but it's not even necessarily bad it's just that I've gotten so much better and that's really one of the best things is just sort of imagining like well I think I'm pretty good right now how good am I going to be in a couple years and it's genuinely just because like I keep writing and I think maybe if I would only write like one book a year or you know two books if I would take breaks then I'm not going to improve as much and so like I think you know people like totally can't take breaks if they want that's not like really my thing and it's like I think I'm only I think part of the reason I'm staying motivated is just because like I'm keeping going and I worry that if I start taking breaks like a one month break between each book or something I'm not gonna feel as motivated and I'm not gonna get as bad as good yeah that makes total sense and you write like we said pretty quickly because you keep that healthy pace is it enough to notice like when you do your edits that the start of the book is not as strong as the second half Or is it like it's so quick and you don't really like, you know, take in all of that writing lesson until you're done? It depends. I I swear, I always say it depends on the book, but it really does. Um, Some of my books, I think you can like definitely tell like when like how the first half is kind of not as great. Second half is really great. Sometimes I feel like the first chapter is so much better than the rest of the book, but really like most of my longer books definitely the ending and the writing style of the ending is so much better than the beginning i noticed this with biome lock um i'm never gonna sell this version of the book but the original like two hundred fifty thousand word version i actually have a printed copy of it and that book the beginning is so much weaker and so much worse than the ending i remember i had to go back and rewrite like this whole portion of the ending but then that rewritten portion of the ending was better than the rest of the book so I ended up rewriting Biomlock several times, and then I just decided to split it into three books and kind of focus on each of those books. And the second Biomlock book comes out at the end of the month. That one, I feel like, is not as strong as, like, the third book. The third book is the best one. It's also, like, not great anymore, but that was where I think the writing had the most significant improvement with the characters, with the story, with the action, everything was going on. And um, the first half compared to it is, like, awful. <laughs> No, I mean, I think I could get that because you're like, how many times have you just rewritten an entire section? And you're like, there, now it's as good as the rest of the book. And then you look at the other part of the book you didn't rewrite and you're like, oh no, I need to rewrite this as well. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. I try not to rewrite my book so many times anymore. Generally, I feel like I don't have to because I'm also like finishing it so quickly that it's more like concise and it's not like 
pay strangely or weighted strangely. Some of my books, though, I do end up um, the the biggest like edits I make is when I have to split them into like two books, which just happened. Originally, it was only by Unlock that had to be split into two books or three books, and then um, the high fantasy novel I wrote I had to split into two books, and then this book that I was writing from January to about a couple month like a month ago maybe. I had to split that one into two books, and it's usually just one that gets so long, and I feel like the story would almost be better if it was in two volumes. Those, I do end up having to rewrite significant portions of the book just to make everything line up, and sometimes it's tricky when I take a break for a few months and then go back, and my writing style is not at all the same, so it's also kind of a hard skill to develop, but I have to sometimes go back and write in a way I necessarily wouldn't now, and then go through and change it with the whole editing. And I, I guess that would probably, you know, writing at such a rapid pace probably keeps you from losing any details. You know, somebody that writes a book over the course of two years probably has to reread their own book a lot of times to say, like, how did I handle this scene? What did I give their parent a name or have I not named them yet? Like you have to remember a lot of those details, whereas moving much faster, you're like, no, I remember it all because it was you know, last week. <laughs> Yeah, with all of my series, I definitely have to go back and reread. Um, as I said, I'm writing the third Never Dying book, and I had to, like, I was trying to reference different things. And I had to make sure, like, what I was referencing was correct, because, you know, the character's immortal, so it makes more sense. But she's, um, I guess this, this isn't really a spoiler, but she asked, she's falling from a building. And she made a comment, she was like, oh my gosh, the first time I ever fell from a building, or the last time, was when I met this character. But that's not necessarily true, because she also, like, there's this whole action scene where she literally, you know, her boyfriend is in peril on, like, the city below, and she has to jump out to, like, save him. She's, she's immortal, so I swear, it makes sense. But, um, like, I completely forgot about that, and I had to go back and reread to make sure I was remembering correctly, and then I had to completely rewrite the whole, like, sentence because it made no sense. Yeah. I mean, that is, like, and I mean, I guess it's goofy to think about, but, like, a classic immortal problem. Yeah. You're like, man, how many times have I fallen off buildings at this point? <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, seven, and then you hit the ground and you're like, no, eight. <laughs> like, like, that would be one of those thought processes where you're like, this character would have to adopt that mindset because everything has happened so many times that, you know, you just start to lose track of some of them. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, on the other side of this, like we've given really good advice. Are there any big mistakes that you see people start to make when they write, you know, in general? Definitely. There's so many different angles I could approach this question from. I'd say a big like writing mistake I see people make is just completely overthinking it like and even sometimes I make the mistake where I'm writing and I start to like I'm like I'm just enjoying it and I'm like oh my gosh I'm writing a book you need to make sure this happened I need to I, like start worrying about the plot and that's the biggest mistake I just see writers make in general in terms of like the writing process because then they're like I need to include this and this and this and I need this to happen and of course there are some people that are really heavy outliners and if that works for them that's great I honestly you know the first really fully outlined book I ever wrote was the one that I just finished writing and it was a wonderful process but it doesn't work for everyone and seeing people try to fit themselves into some sort of you know box and how they're supposed to do it is extremely harmful but then also just and I guess that goes along with it you know it's like just completely overthinking it because that's how you know you end up like 
just quitting and insert maybe sure giving it a lot more thought in the first draft is how you could come up with like a better first draft but i feel like you're less likely to finish it so don't think too deeply about it until the second draft and then and i guess one more like really really big mistake is i i see this more with teenagers than adults um but i have a pretty big platform on social media and i try to help people publish but when I give publishing tutorials, that doesn't mean when you finish your book, when you finish the first draft, it's ready to publish. You need to edit your book. It's the biggest mistake I see people make, and it happens <laughs> more than one would think, because really the only way that you can release a good book is to go through and edit until you feel comfortable and fix your story mistakes and make sure there's nothing that you don't want in the book. Because sometimes, you know, first off, when you write your first draft, there are going to be errors. And second, there things might not make sense. And all the best books have gone through rounds and rounds of editing. And sure, that might not mean that you, you might have to wait a couple months to a year before you can really publish it. And then also, you know, you got to start marketing too. And if you start marketing while you're editing, you're going to have a lot more time. So and you're going to get a lot more sales. So just first off, don't overthink. And then when you're done with your book, please edit. Don't just publish it. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine a lot of people are like, look, I finished the book. I did it. Like, I reached the end. I want to get it out there right now. It's perfect because I did it. And you're like, hold on. I know you're proud of yourself, but just reread it really critically and see if you still feel that way. Because <laughs> yeah, I think there has to be a sense of accomplishment where you're like, I did it. I finished a book and now I'm an author and it's ready to be in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, there's definitely this really surreal feeling whenever you finish your book and it's like, this is amazing, you know, I'm ready for anything. But then once that feeling kind of goes away, then the self-doubt starts to emerge again. And sometimes the self-doubt is really ridiculous. Like I have books and I'm just like, oh my God, this makes no sense. It's awful. And then the moment I reread it, I'm like, what are you even thinking? It's fine. So, um, but sometimes that can be helpful because sometimes it really compels me to re reread certain parts. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. This might not be so great. And then I actually reread it and I'm like, yeah, there's definitely places this can improve. Yeah. Very cool. So when people do go to publish, do you kind of recommend, you know, in this day and age that everyone just goes to self-publishing or is there, you know, do you still give advice on people that want to like reach out and go to traditional publishing? So on my social media platforms, I don't give as much advice on traditional publishing because I'm not traditionally published and I haven't tried yet. But I definitely think if that's what someone wants to do, they should go for it. But for teenagers, I don't necessarily recommend it. I think that if it's a goal they have, that's fine. But they also, the chances of getting published as a teenager are a lot less. And it, you can wait. You might have to wait years and years and years and you might end up like never getting published or you might not end up even being successful like people think that oh you know being traditionally published means that I'm gonna sell a million books but then really it's like the average traditionally published book does not sell many books but for teenagers and for anyone that really I think wants to self-publishing is a great way to do go about it I want to say it is easier to publish publish but it's also in some ways a lot harder because you have to do all your own marketing unless you want to drop like $3,000 to hire a marketer, but really, you know, it's fun. And one of the biggest things I say is it's a wonderful learning experience. I've gotten to learn so much about the process, about marketing. I've gotten to like meet so many different people and I've really gotten to like 
build like networking skills and all of these different things are going to really help me when I'm older. And I might not get the chance if I have someone else doing it for me. And also, I think it's really great for teen authors to start building their platform young, which is, you know, a lot of teenagers probably submit to magazines. And that's also something you can do and really just build their body of work. And publishing is really great for that. And self-publishing is the perfect way to do it. So, like, for me, I'm trying to really build my platform, really build a career. And then maybe, like, I could traditionally publish a book that I really like when I'm older. I'm not sure when yet. I was going to say, um, yeah, maybe when I'm 16, I'll query for an agent. And um, I'm almost 16. So, I mean, not really. My birthday's in October. But, you know, sometime soon, I'm just going to try and see what happens. Because there are new possibilities that it can open up. But also, I'm so grateful for self-publishing, and I think it's so great and such a great experience. Yeah, I think that's what I've heard from people is like, the biggest change is if you don't want to, you know, you you think you have a great novel on your hands, and you don't want to do any of the marketing, and you're okay with taking a lower share of any of the sales amounts, like, you can go to traditional publishing. That's their, their wheelhouse is like, we take a larger portion of all of your sales money. Because we get you into stores that we have contracts with, you have to do zero marketing. But if you're willing to do it yourself and you do truly have a good book, like it sells regardless and you get to keep a higher percentage and you learn, you know, some, some skills along the way. Yeah. I think like a lot of people don't understand how important marketing is. And it's like, if you have a good book, you're going to do okay. Like it also can be very hard. You really have to learn, but I'd say it's just the more you do it, the more you learn, just the easier it becomes. And at first it might seem impossible to get a single sale. And then after a while, you're like, oh, hey, I got a hundred sales today. I'm going to do more tomorrow. It's going to be great. Fantastic. Well, I've appreciated your time immensely. Thank you for you know coming on and sharing your story. I wanted to make sure that people knew where to find you and where to find your books and especially the new one. It seems you're really excited about it. I want to make sure that blows up as much as we can get it. Thank you. So you can find me first on my website, which is shantihershenson.com. That's S-H-A-N-T-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. For the last few months, I've been planning a remodel. So it's slightly outdated in terms of I have like a million interviews I need to add, but it has all my books and it has links. You can also just Google me and you can find me on Amazon and you can buy all my books on Amazon. You can also buy them anywhere else you buy books online and check the bookstore near you. They might have them. They've been popping up in places. Um, my Instagram is at Shanti Hershenson and my TikTok, which is where I share a lot of writing tips. I talk about the process. I talk about my story. I talk about a lot about my books. That is at Shanti Who Writes. Very awesome. Yeah, I will include those links into the description for anybody that's looking through and is like, wait, what was the link? It's in the description. Just go to the show notes. It's in there. If you do buy these online, as I tell every every audience, every episode that we have something like this, please leave reviews. It helps so much for your, you know, the creative people that you enjoy, that you leave a good review for their work because that helps other people find it. And the more they find it, like the more likely it is to get more attention and more writings and more more content based on the things that you enjoy. So simple way to to help your authors out. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for being here. I have appreciated it immensely. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this interview has inspired at least a few of you to give writing a shot. It doesn't have to be a thousand words a day. It could be 200 words a day and you'd still finish a novel before the end of the year. 
In other news, it's the middle of June, and here's the ranking updates. Number one, the United States with Texas, Arizona, and New York as top states. Number two, the United Kingdom, actually led by Scotland. Number three, Australia, with Victoria taking the lead. Number four, Canada, with Ontario barely at the top. And number five, Hungary, tied with Norway. That's it for today. Have a great week. I'll see you all back here for the next episode. Until then, please do all the good stuff for the show. Rate, review, like, and subscribe. Dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or on any of the social media platforms if you want to reach out to me personally. Most importantly, stay dumb.